Welcome to Cinebabble, episode 87. I am your host, Ken, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, Clint Jones. Clint, tell everyone hello. Hi, everyone out there. I did not introduce you for one of your many careers and and exceptional talents, because man, have I got a story for you this week. Well, you said that in the singles episode, the single, Cinebabble single that you aren't going to do that anymore. Oh, but, no, I don't recall saying that. And you I, said that... I don't, I don't recall any of that. And you said that there has to be some, you know, follow-through between these episodes. So. I, I do remember consistency, and that's why yeah. I feel like I should introduce you as a neurosurgeon this week, because this week I went in for uh, to the hospital uh, for what you would yeah. uh, call normal spinal injections. Uh, the fact that, that normal falls before that. Is, in your is world, normal. In my world, every six months. Uh, in mine, it seems like a horror show. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is a horror show. Uh, but uh, I went in and the needles went in. Everything was proceeding exactly as it should. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, you know, in twilight and they had me kind of woo. Um, mm. Well, it turns out that they accidentally nicked my spinal cord with a needle. Mm. And so uh, I started to leak spinal fluid. <laughs> As internally, the, yeah. as you do. Yeah. Uh, which, totally normal procedure. Totally normal. Uh, and so I get back to my room, and they, they warned me that I might. And all they told me was, if you sit up and you feel a headache, let us know. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, you know, some time passed. I was recovering. Uh, it, was, it was time to roll a soda out and get me drinking a soda. Yeah. I sat up. Yeah. And felt like somebody shot me in the face. <laughs> now, I've never been shot in the face before, Clint, but it, it has to feel like this. I think we would have heard like that story on here. It felt like my whole face exploded yeah. in bits of bone and just I flopped backwards like nobody's business. I have never felt anything like it. The world went rainbow lightning. <laughs> It was bizarre. So then, then I get to spend half an hour while they're trying to get the surgeon out of his next procedure, mm-hmm. just listening to nurses whisper in panic about me. <laughs> and every five minutes, a nurse would pop her head in, almost like a Wes Anderson film. And she was just like, are you still laying flat? I'm like, yeah, I'm still laying flat. And Rachel's sitting there like, it's okay. It's okay. It's totally okay. I'm like, it's not okay if you keep saying it's okay. Anytime somebody has to keep repeating, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. It's probably not fine. Uh, but turns out everything was fine. I had a, a nice nasty headache for quite a while. I got to avoid something called a blood patch mm. where they would take my own blood and go in with more needles and seal up that that whatever at, at the base of my So you didn't need cord. a blood plug. I did not. <laughs> Wow. No, I did not need a blood plug. Uh, but uh, wow, what a crazy week. Yeah. And that was that was actually number six on my list of dramatic things that happened this week. Can I uh, tell you a happy, or I guess a happy story? Sure. To, to sure. counterbalance your like spinal uh, injury Just and spinal uh, spewing. Yeah. So I, I have a, um, I guess, a momentous um, birthday coming up. A momentous birthday? Is that the right word? Uh, Monumental? Monumental. Momentous is like, you got momentum. Yeah, that's... You're really headed towards your 90s with vigor. I think it still applies. Okay. Yeah, I am... I have a lot of momentum towards this horrible birthday coming up. Okay. That's monumental. And Uh, which number is this? uh, Let's not... I don't... Maybe not say it. Oh, Clint, date yourself. No. Date yourself. No, I can be just like 
15, 25 in anybody's mind. Oh, out yeah, there. you definitely sound like a 15 year old. Uh, I'm just maturing. 15 uh, year old I'm, who subscribes to the Criterion, Criterion channel and watches things like 1977's Demon Seed. I'm just advanced for my okay, age. I hear you. Anyway, yeah. so I, I have this birthday coming up at the end of the month. And uh, this is something, okay, I'm going to be 40. I was just saying. Thank it. you. Don't you feel better? No, I feel worse feel because better? I don't like saying the don't saying those better? numbers. I had spinal fluid leaking out of me this week. I got shot in the face. You can at you least take re- forty like a champ. You didn't really get shot in the face. It felt like I got shot in the face. <laughs> oh, well, this feels like I'm getting shot in the face. Forty? Yeah. Oh man, forty was a pipe dream I had yesterday. It was well. Cute. I don't need to hear that from you. Right. You, Anyway, so I have this coming up. I'm okay. going to say it again. And I've been trying to put it out of my mind. I'm not thinking about parties. I'm not thinking about like uh, any kind of celebration, really. Um, my wife has been pretty cool because she's known that I felt this way and mm-hmm. knew that it's been slowly inching closer and the dread has been growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought she was on board with me. But it turns out she's a Judas mm. because— uh, And Iscariot. Yes. Uh-huh. She betrayed me for many gold coins. And so I um, I, I thought we were going to have a normal weekend. I heard about a—there was apparently plans of a cookout with my family. And I'm thinking to myself, we just had the 4th of July. Why do we need to see these people again? I love you, but let's not do it right now. And so she— Yes, space it. So she drags me out to a local um, campground park that we have around here. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. And uh, just I'm thinking nothing of it. And then I'm slowly like we get out of the car. I think it's all fine. I see my sister's car. Okay, we're in the right spot. I, I'm walking closer and I see aunts and uncles and I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> and I'm getting madder at my wife. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you didn't tell me this was a full family get together. And I'm like, oh, I really didn't want to see these people. I just saw them. No, I love you. And then I get closer and I see friends and I'm like, why are friends here? Why? Oh, there's a friend of mine who lives in Seattle. Why is that friend here? <laughs> As he's filming, and as I get closer, there's applause, and there's camera flashes and grins, and I realize this is a surprise party that my wife uh, has thrown for me. Can I just add a small detail for the people listening at home that don't know you? Clint loves surprise parties. He collects one every year. It's his favorite thing. Don't you listen I have to, to the act- sob story that's about to follow. He loves surprise stories. Yeah, I've gotten very good at acting very surprised, even though I've <laughs> secretly have planned them all for myself. Mm, um, mm. And so it, it's... It's kind of an out of body experience mm-hmm. because it, I, you know, that where they talk about uh, as you're dying, you kind of all the people you love like flash before your eyes. Mm-hmm. It, it felt very dreamlike, <laughs> and I'm like, and I, I couldn't believe that my wife did this, and I'm kind of feel like I'm dying slightly. And then Clint got shot in the face. <laughs> And my, I, but I got a blood plug and I'm okay now. Good, good, good. But it ended up being a delightful time and good. like seeing my friends okay. and, uh, you know, it, it was a good day. Excellent. And I, I thank my Excellent. wife. I thank her. Did you thank her? Did, yes. Like genuinely? I, 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 I plan on it. Now, when all of these Judases were gathered around you yeah. and the, these Brutuses about to stab you, mm-hmm. dear Julius Caesar, did you notice who was not holding a knife at this party? 
probably you because you weren't there. I was not there. Now, I had had previous plans. I would have been there otherwise. But I just want to go on the record saying I was not a part of this little Judas circle. I (laughs) knew that you would hate a surprise party. And I am genuinely super happy that you enjoyed it by the end. But I just I want to I want a little bit of credit for the beginning. Actually, you know what would have made it happier if you were there. Really? Yes. Really? One of my first thoughts is. Where's Ken? Ken and Rachel are not here. Yeah, yeah. We were very sad. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, a way to say we would have been sadder if we would have known Casey was flying in, too. <laughs> That's not about you. It's just like, oh, man, Casey was there. That's really cool. Kind of we feels still like wouldn't it. Have, no, we kind still wouldn't have been able to come. But uh, I just, I want credit for not no. uh, being one of the onlookers with daggers. No, uh, the no, beginning. they weren't. They, they were uh, at all pawns in my wife's scheme. So I they know. weren't the Judas's that my wife was. Okay. Right. I don't blame them. But well, it was a good time. Today, yeah. we have gone to the theater, kids, and uh, we have a movie twice, for actually. you. Uh, twice? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But today, yeah. we are talking. Clint, would you like to introduce the movie that we are talking about? Uh, it is one I'm excited about. I don't know about you, but I well, okay. I, I this this synopsis is something I wrote myself, so I, I'm hoping it can describe it accurately, and you can guess which w- what the film is that we're talking about. Oh, like a game for the audience at home. Which which movie are we reviewing today? Right now, is this like plot synopsis or this is my synopsis of okay. summing it All up, right. and All I right. I hope this gets across what we're talking All about. Right. You should I, put a little like boom 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 boom. Go ahead. Uh, we'll see about it. Yeah. Give it okay. Uh, tell me which movie this is. Okay. I'm ready. A death-defying senior citizen on Ooh. a globe-trotting quest mm. to uh, get the two halves of, of a MacGuffin mm. that could destroy the world. Mm-hmm. There are fights on trains and chases in small vehicles through mm-hmm. the streets of a foreign land. Mm. What movie am I talking about? Are you ready, kids? Have you guessed yet? Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. You are right and wrong. What? What other movie could this be? Oh. (laughs) Uh, Turns out, kids, we also watched Mission Impossible 7, Dead Reckoning Part 1, which is a little bit of a mouthful of a title. But uh, just just to have some fun with you, uh, Clint looked at me at the end of Mission Impossible 7 and pointed out that it's the same movie. Is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and I'm like, oh, you're right. <laughs> but let's start with Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. This stars Harrison Ford back in the saddle and the hat, the fedora, and the whip as Indiana Jones. This movie is the fifth in the franchise. Uh, number four was really, really raked over the coals, and I think for good reason, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It was a um, bit of a mess. Mm. Bit of is that is that fair? Is is fairly awful. Let's see how I talk about this one. <laughs> oh, Clint, no. So in Dial of Destiny, uh, Indiana Jones is about uh, reassembling an ancient device that is rumored, because we know what happens when devices are rumored to do mm-hmm. something in Indiana Jones, rumored to allow the user to uh, peer through or perhaps travel through time. Uh, this also stars Mads Mikkelsen mm-hmm. uh, as kind of the, the main baddie. Uh, a former Nazi scientist, I guess, archaeologist. It's never really clear what he is. Um, but uh, it also stars Phoebe Waller-Bridge mm-hmm. as Indiana Jones's uh, niece, goddaughter. Goddaughter. Not niece. Goddaughter. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, they they don't get along so well. And she has a a little uh, delightful scamp with her of a child <laughs> that's not her own, but he's there uh, filling the the Just short some round little street from tough Temple that she took on as her own. Yeah, uh, Clint, I, I'm now braced for what's about to happen. Uh, you know what? No. Let me just say, I enjoyed Dial of Destiny. That's I, great I do for you. not think it's a great film, mm-hmm. but I had a good time. I laughed. I had fun. I loved how it went bonkers at the end. Hmm. Uh, I I did not mind Phoebe Waller-Bridge, which apparently a lot of people are really annoyed with her. I My wife and I had a good time at the movies. Uh, it's a popcorn flick. It was way better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, in my opinion. Huh. It was kind of there with Temple of Doom. No. And... <laughs> But it was it was by no means uh, Raiders or Last Crusade, but it was a much more fitting send off than was Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Now, Clint, uh, trot on all of our joy and stamp out all of our happiness and tell us why all of ours this movie this, uh, was an abomination. Okay, so I um I was not looking forward to this movie very much just because of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That's true. That's um, true. I didn't have high hopes for it, so I kind of. Was ignoring it a little and bit. And for the record, I didn't drag you to see it. No. Because I knew you, you were not really looking forward to it. So I was kind of ignoring it. And then you um, texted me and you were glowing about it and how much was you- a little strong. I wasn't glowing. You were glowing. I wasn't glowing. Yes, you were. I was just, I was, I was illuminated mildly you about it. You were glowing. Okay. You really enjoyed the film and you were, in how you talked about it, gave me some hope. Good. I'm uh, glad. The normal person should have hope. But false hope is kind of <laughs> like, yeah, that's kind of hurtful. Okay. Um, so the next morning I watched Raiders just to like, I just to you s- watch Raiders before you went to see this thing, but I wasn't planning to go see it. Oh, okay. So I was, that's where you went wrong. No, I wasn't planning to go see it. I was okay. like, I'm just going to enjoy the originals. Okay. And then it, I noticed, okay, like I kind of got the Indiana Jones bug mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm going to give it a chance. Kenny was like really uh, enthusiastic about it. Had a good time. Had a good time. So like I got the day off. Uh, Let's go check it out. So I did. And I went in with, I seriously had an open heart for this because like, (laughs) like we agree a lot of the time on films. Yeah. Um, And I, I try to be a little bit more forgiving of, you know, blockbusters like this. And so I, I knew it wasn't going to be the original trilogy, but it had to be better than Crystal Skull. And it I, was. Clint says by his silence, it wasn't. Go on. Okay. <laughs> and I will say I legitimately like enjoyed the first twenty minutes, like uh, flashback sequence, okay. and I think the de aging was some of the most unoffensive that I've seen. Hmm. I didn't have a problem with yeah, that. It was pretty. It was pretty smooth. It, there weren't a lot of hiccups that were distracting. I, I I mean, a lot of people still have like I've seen like hated it, but mm-hmm. like to me, it didn't bother me. Anyway, that was probably about where it ended. Oh man. Um, I I still was trying through like I was still like okay, uh, trying to be open to it like but it just kept doing the same things that bothered me with Crystal Skull. It was relying too much on flashiness, speed, CGI like to make this thing so much like like 
bigger and more modernized than it needed to be. And I, like all of the chase sequences really bothered me. They just were overdone and too packed with visual information and unrealistic like um, moments of, you know, it, it made it everything too fast. It doesn't like obey the laws of physics and and I will admit the chases are overlong. They're overlong and unrealistic. And yeah. and when we get to our second movie, like there's going to be a lot of counterpointing to this like <laughs> and I can state why I feel um so strongly that this was done poorly. Um but then it gets into like just where this movie's going. I'm not I'm not going to spoil anything right now, but like I want to get into this movie in depth to kind of explain the things that really turned my stomach on it. Okay. Um but it just like it just kept doing the things that really bother me about modern films and especially like what you would expect a modern take of an Indiana Jones movie would do. Mm-hmm. Um and then like I did not have a problem with uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I, um, as far as her as an actor, and but as a character, I think she was a mess, and I did not understand their relationship. I did not understand in any way why they stuck together. There was no reason. Like they both seemed to hate each other, and other than like her, him feeling like some obligation to his friend. Um, to stick around for her, I didn't understand why they were together. I, I think that would have been much stronger if she was just a, a complete stranger. Yeah. Uh, that he happened to, you know, they were both after the same thing. Yeah. Because there's there's not really any emotional beats that land between them other than at the end. But I, I think at the end, you could have done the same thing had they been running around together for two hours. It could have been uh, a stranger. An and especially yeah. it takes so long to... Um, get to the emotional like core of why Indiana Jones is in this place emotionally. Like I, this is another thing that I really disliked. This is going to be the final Indiana Jones they're saying. Um, And they completely go against type of what his character is. He is not, he's never been this sad sap person. If they had revealed why he's that depressed Early, would that have helped? Maybe. Did you not like that it was revealed later? I hated that it was revealed later. And also, it just felt for the reason of, like, we didn't want to bring that specific character back, yeah. his son. Gotcha. And also, I didn't... Like, then you have to put up for an hour and a half. He's he's playing almost just, you know, what you think Harrison Ford is when he's, like, in interviews. And you, you put that against even Crystal Skull or anything. He is excited about the adventure. Yeah. And he is never excited about this adventure. He's almost being drug along just for pure obligation of keeping this woman safe, who he also doesn't seem to like. So, like, I just never believed, like, why he was along for the ride and didn't want to see Indiana Jones miserable, the like, for the last film. For me, I, I could tell what they were doing and whether it's effective or not. They were trying to... Here's this person that's just, uh, you know, given up on life and he's given up on adventure and he's walked away from the things that really brought him joy. Uh, he took a gut punch. And here's one last adventure that's that's rejuvenating that part of him that's died. And so I I connected with that early and it, it didn't – it just didn't bother me that he was old because I kept 
feeling like he was waking up or he was coming alive or he was he was rediscovering who he used to be and who he had lost. Um but other than that, I still th- I think they did a bad job of even the um, I'm too old for this kind of thing. Yeah. Like, especially be- because, especially in moments of the pure action sequences, like him jumping from tut-tut to tut-tut, like driving like 100 miles per hour, even though those things can probably go 20 miles per hour. And, and then it gets to, there's scenes where he is like, why am I climbing this wall? I'm so old. Like that. And those are like, there's like two moments where like, and it's at the beginning that he's retiring, which mm-hmm. that's the only indication that he's old. And, and then he's climbing a wall after he's done all this other stuff, like deep diving to the bottom of the ocean. It's like, how can we like th- this in, especially is frustrating because I've seen him in interviews talking about this and how he thinks it is this great, like, um, exploration of an, of aging when it's like mentioned two times (laughs) in this whole film. And it just makes it so unbelievable when you're saying I'm so too old for this, but then you're doing the most insane things. I will say I had a lot more fight in me before we watched (laughs) Mission Impossible. I really did. I was ready to duke this out. Uh, but I, I do. We do have one uh, piece of feedback I definitely want to get to. I don't know if we'll get to the others. This is less feedback. Uh, this is Sarah from Atlanta. And uh, Sarah, hi, Sarah. Hi, hi Sarah. I, I didn't know if I was supposed to say hi back in her voice or something when you said that. No, I'm saying hi to her directly. Just, my brain wanted to be like, hi, Clint. If you feel the need, go for it. No, not at all. Uh, Sarah writes, just got out of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny and am dying to know what Clint thinks of the ending. It was so bonkers. uh, And then in parentheses, Ken's word. (laughs) I guess I say bonkers a lot. Uh, Thanks, Sarah. Uh, It was so bonkers that it seems like something Clint would absolutely love, even if he hated the rest of the movie. Uh, Clint, uh, what did you think personally? I hated it. It uh, went too far over the top of over the top and walked too far away from what Indiana Jones really is. I will say, um, Sarah, that I am on the exact same page as you. Like I, like I said, I was trying to be open. Like there was a lot of things in the moment of watching this film that I'm talking about currently that I dislike that I was trying to deal with and like try to enjoy the ride and see Harrison Ford do this thing one last time. But then it gets to, which also is a thing that's revealed way too late. And if it was revealed sooner, would have given, I feel like, everybody a little bit more motivation to get to the point they are um, with what Mad's character's whole plan is. Mm -hmm. And then when that is revealed, that's when my mind shut off completely. And I I hated this movie. I went from tolerating this movie to this is as bad as Crystal Skull. Really? This is... Like why? So, so where in your mind does that separate from the Ark of the Covenant opening up and ghosts coming out, or because that's people like people ripping hearts out without? That's uh, such or, a like small like supernatural element to then go to time travel where he's mm. going to what is it uh 212 whatever BC it was, yeah. to see um this <laughs> this giant war happening uh, um is ridiculous and i was hoping so hoping that somehow they would pull the punch on it and do something so like kind of more thought provoking as far as the idea of um 
you cannot ch- turn back time. You cannot change the past. You cannot like you, you have to be in the moment of like, this is your time in life, especially with like where Harris, like what Harrison Ford is going through, like he's this aging man, but then it just goes full tilt into this science fiction that I, I hated it. And I hated how it was dealt with and the, I hate, I just hated it. I really did. <laughs> I, that was where I was like, I texted you afterwards and I was like, I am not on the same page as you with this film. <laughs> I I had fun with the end. It, uh, I, I saw where you it can was really going. Ag- and- I, I was so like, I could see that advertising, but like, especially when they're going into the yeah, tomb, yeah. but I was hoping they would do something smarter and more interesting and they don't, they just lean into it. But I don't understand how you can equate that to like the Ark of the Covenant or ripping I, the heart out of a I, person. I don't equate it. It just, it didn't seem out of place in this universe. It was bigger. Uh, it was too big. Typically, typically what happens is it's very localized to Indiana Jones. This is something that he was being dragged into, and it was much more like the entire world changed. Um, and and there was no mystery to it. That's That I understood as being kind of disconnected from what had happened before. I I just thought it was ballsy that, that they went for it uh, instead of just a like a window where they're looking at things through it and then – I, that's what you I know. The bad guy tries to walk through and realizes his hubris has led him into. I don't know. Um, I, I I don't know. I just I went with it, but by that point, I was already laughing and having a good time. I felt like the movie had a momentum towards uh, you either enjoy it or you don't enjoy it. Yeah. And by the time it's like, okay, now we're going through a portal. You know, I had already bought the tut tuts, and I had already bought the under water exploration that can only be three minutes with a bunch of eels. I, you know, I just, I had gone with it all. Uh, and so by the time they're, you know, flying through a portal, it's just like, all right, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, 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 like, I legitimately didn't have any fun with any comedic element of it that mm-hmm. like was getting, winning me over in that way. Um, I didn't enjoy the little sidekick guy. Like that just felt too much of a trying to, yeah, yeah. cash in on, you know, the, the previous films. Um, I really wish like the, um, the, the goddaughter character was almost the goddaughter of his Brody. Bro- yeah. Yep. Uh, because he, especially with, such he's, a he is in the film. He's yep. a character. Like if we're going to go for nostalgia, which this is clearly doing that yeah. just, and we have this character in the film, you could, and he wants. Oh, Sala. Yeah, Sala. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Brody's the one that they had written off because the actor died. I, I meant um, Sala. Yeah, but, I got you. But like, because he's in the film, yeah. he wants to go on the adventure. Like yeah. you could do where he and his his daughter who are on the adventure with him, he dies in the thing. And like, then it's her and him taking up the mantle of this, yeah. this adventure. Like, I don't know. You could I do so much. I definitely agree with that. And instead of inventing this character that we're supposed to instantly connect, even though I love uh, Toby, Toby, um, what's his name? Yeah, uh, yeah the, Toby. The, Toby. <laughs> uh, the actor who plays uh, his best friend at the beginning of the film, I love him. But he, he's a character that you're forcing on us to uh, sympathize with so quickly, even though, and like believe that he's his best friend, yeah. even though we've never seen or heard of him before. Um, and when you have a character, um, already 
in the film that we know and love. But uh, yeah, and then there's just little moments like I was totally like Mad's character, like he should have been dead at the beginning of this film. Yeah, I I really <laughs> thought so when they did kind of the time loop. Uh, yeah, I I thought that that was okay. Him in the past is somehow uh, from the future, and it de-ages you when you go through the portal the same amount of years you go backwards because I couldn't I couldn't figure out like oh that would clearly kill a human yeah or I was expecting him to show up with some horrible deformity like his face is like you know like those like um, World War One like like amputee face things like he would show up with something like that and it would be some weird character quirk thing but then he's just totally fine and and like that stuff is nitpicky but at the same time when it's like a ton of that stuff traced throughout the entire story it just and then it just starts to wear wore me down yeah no i gotcha yeah yeah if i think too hard about any of it it it's one of those movies that start to come apart which is not what happens with raiders or last crusade um you know, but but for some reason, it just I went along with it. Didn't bother me. Um, but maybe I was just having a bad day and needing to cheer up. Yeah, I <laughs> I hope this doesn't happen for you. But I feel like like some other films we've talked about, you might as you enjoy or try to enjoy it some more, watch it again. You're going to see those cracks a little bit more. It's, it's possible. <laughs> and that's honestly, when I run into movies like this, I don't revisit them because I just I, I just want to keep the experience I had and I don't want to realize that it's actually, it's like Thor, Love and Thunder. You you ruined for me. And, I'm uh, sorry. It's I, okay. Uh, it's okay. Then, yeah. a few days later, we went to see Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Uh, this we actually went to see together. This we was did. not texting back and forth. We we both went to this one. This stars uh, geriatric Tom Cruise as Ethan that was Hunt. A, that was a little harsh on my part, but he's still doing well. I, he's doing well, but did you... Anyway. Okay. Uh, he just looks distinctly different in real life than he looks like on the screen. Mm. And I, I don't know whether that's because they're just doing some slight de-aging through all the shots just to to make him look just a touch younger or there or, was moments i could totally see like uh, that he's the age he yeah is. you can see the age he just i don't know in real life he looks a little rougher maybe mm. it's maybe it's just me anyway ethan hunt this is his seventh movie and the imf team must track down a terrifying new weapon that threatens all of humanity if it falls into the wrong hands with control of the future and the fate of the world at stake a deadly race around the globe begins Huh. Confronted by a mysterious, all-powerful <laughs> enemy, Ethan is forced to... Let me let me try something here. <laughs> Indiana Jones must track down a terrifying new... We- yep. No, you're totally right. I was dead on. <laughs> Confronted by a mysterious, all-powerful enemy, Ethan is forced to consider that nothing can matter more than the mission, not even the lives of those he cares about the most. Uh, this starts, Even to the level of that... I, I see it now. It's this it. MacGuffin that is split into pieces that has to be put back together to completely work. And there's a third piece yeah. to make it fully right. complete, Which, but wh- they're only looking for the first two. Like, I get it. <laughs> Tom Cruise, uh, Haley Atwell, she of Sharon Carter fame, Rebecca Ferguson, Ferguson Vanessa Kirby, Palm, I will not say her last Clementif? name. Clementif? Clementif? I think she's French. Ah, okay. She plays Mantis in the MCU. Yeah. 
uh, Azai Morales, uh, Simon Pegg, Ving Rhames. Clint, what did you think of director Christopher McQuarrie's latest Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1? This is one that I... um because I've enjoyed all of the Mission Impossible films mm-hmm. um, up to this point, and um, it's a, like it's always like the quintessential summer blockbuster, and yeah. you kind of know what you're going into. And I've I don't think I've ever been fully like there's some that I like more than others, but I've never been really let down by one. But I also haven't been like keeping track. Like I, keep, I kind of forgot this was coming out mm-hmm. up until like the week before. And, um, but I was totally game to go see it. And I will say like, this was such after seeing Indiana Jones, this was such a breath of fresh air (laughs) that like, it made me like, as much as like, I was impassioned about talking Indiana Jones a minute ago, (laughs) I like completely was like, over it. I was so happy that I liked this movie so much. Mm-hmm. And every single like like fault that I had with Indiana Jones, somehow this completely like made up for it and made me feel okay because like I felt like I saw the good version of Indiana Jones. And I was like everything that like I was just bothered me. They did it the good version. The like when the physics of a giant chase sequence felt off and unrealistic in Indiana, this nailed it. Yeah. When um And they're uh, both made by Paramount. These are both yeah. the same studio. They both have the same amount of money and talent flowing into them. And and there was a, a decidedly more polished uh look and feel. Uh, to everything. And, yeah. and I mean, I know this is definitely, the Mission Impossible series is definitely working more from a practical direction. There's CG, but... It's always to fill in the gaps. Yes. Yeah. And and you know that these actors are actually doing some crazy things. Yeah. And that, that helps hold it up where your brain is not wondering, would a car do that? Would a plane do that? You're, you've been trained to think like, no, I bet Tom Cruise made sure the car did that. For sure. And you it know, always, and or they do such a great job of like sound design or yeah, something to give yeah. like the, um, the moments of like in a car chase that like, you, this is something in Indiana Jones, they really relied on like motion blur and like trying to give the cars this feeling of speed. But in in this, they didn't bother with that angle of it. They gave, they made the car drive at a speed that feels humanly like, like, um, realistic or like physically realistic and, um, relied on like the power of the sound of the engine revving or something like that. Camera angles. They would go low to the wheels when they needed something to feel like really dangerous as it was spinning around a corner. But if you had a wide shot, it would just sort of drift over and go down the next street. Yeah. It wouldn't be as dramatic. Which uh, has followed through like all of the in the um, Mission Impossible films where that mm-hmm. level of it always feels consistent. And, um, and like I was saying, like those scenes w- would make up for my distaste in Indiana Jones. And then characters wise, there would make up for like in Indiana Jones, I cannot understand the relationships between any of these people, yeah. even though it should be totally simple. And then this, you can have like two agents 
who are chasing Ethan Hunt throughout this film, who almost seem like side characters that by the end of it, I care about their mission and how they're relating to it. And I have enough care for them that even when there's a beat where they take a minute and have a private conversation about how they're reacting to Ethan Hunt. Yeah. I care about what they think. Yeah. And and I care that they're kind of on different pages and they're they're, reading it different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And they are seeing it in comedic ways that like, are kind of poking fun at yeah. the unrealistic and even like it is as not unrealistic, but just like some things that are like kind of quirks of the series in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like that, oh yeah, he always goes rogue. They're always a rogue. And it's like <laughs> yeah. so funny. And it's like, and that's what he hates about him. Yeah. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, yeah, it's silly <laughs> that it always is happening, but also it's fun that you're uh, acknowledging it. Yeah. Yeah, well, but, and they do that from the beginning. They they kind of retcon the whole thing with just, no, we just put these missions out and see if these crazy people will take them. Right. And that was really cool, I thought. That, yeah. was, that was brave to do it that way. But it's the idea of they're such a secret force that we, we literally don't even know if they're going to take the mission. Because I always took that as sort of a, uh, you know, it's just a stylistic thing if you choose to accept it. Like, well, this is your job. You don't get a choice. Yeah. So the fact that they really pushed, no, this is a choice, I mm-hmm. thought was a really interesting take on the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I enjoyed that a lot. But uh, so – yeah, like that. I had that level of like I, I'm seeing the good version of Indiana Jones mm-hmm. that I was like so um, turned off by uh, the first time, and then so that was like oh, especially when there's large st- um, set pieces that mm-hmm. are like almost beat for beat the same. <laughs> it, it honestly, you would you would think uh, this came from the same screenplay being adapted one to the indiana jones universe and one to the mission impossible universe and it's complete coincidence obviously for sure like there i Um, yeah but even before i was noticing the the plot beat similarities which you hammered home after mission impossible uh (laughs) was over uh even before that i was feeling the whole time i was just like daggone it this is this is exactly what makes a an action film work an adventure film work and yeah and drag you from one location to the next and one place to the next and it was i, I was aware of how much more proficient it was yeah in doing those things yep they, because like even in like action sequences they're developing character relationships yep. and stuff and like so economically that it's yep. you it's like a master class in it i think and, yeah. um, There's an entire sequence where, you know, you mentioned the tut-tut uh, speed chase in Indiana Jones, which is very confusing and visually overstimulating. Yeah. This, there's a very similar uh, chase through the streets in this tiny little yellow car. And on top of that, uh, Ethan Hunt is handcuffed to Hallie Atwell's character yeah. on the wrong hand. So they're having to move their arms around. I was able to track the difficulty of what they had to do to be able to drive. Mm-hmm. They were communicating the difficulty of what they had to drive. Yeah. They were switching off as characters, and I was believing that whole thing. And I was following where the chase was occurring, who the player – because there's like four or five major players in that chase. Yep. And I was able to track visually and and just spatially each one, and, and I could, understood what was happening. And you could believe the, the phys- physics of it and yep. the speed that they're going because they're hindered by, you know, the handcuffing yeah. and the location and everything. Like, it, it's actually pretty a slow chase yeah. because, like, they're going through all these turns and stuff and yeah. it never feels sped up for, 
you know, um, just to get this yeah. action beat going. Yeah. And that, that was very impressive. And, um, and like, also it's like, yeah, but you're getting to know the characters in the moments it's comedic and they do these really awesome, like wide pullback shots of showing it to show, like, like you're saying to show location, yeah. to show the ridiculousness of them in this small car up against, yeah. um, uh, Palm, um, Oh yeah. Uh, She's driving uh, like a boy TV, she like plays giant Paris. armored truck. Yeah. And, uh, and her like giddiness in the film is so much oh, fun. She's, and, and they just keep showing her laughing. Yeah. 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 So like that juxtaposition of this tiny car and this oh. and her in that tank of a car and like going down these small alleys and then being pursued by these agents. Man, I don't know. I this this may be spoilers. I think if you watch the trailers close enough, you knew what the villain was. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that that the villain is this AI that is basically hiring these mercenaries or these evil agents to do its bidding uh, because it's trying to keep this key that will access it out of the hands of, of Ethan Hunt because yeah. it knows what he's going, what, what he wants to right. do. And so that was such an interesting angle because it had this really deep sci-fi feeling of man versus a God, right? Uh, man versus a, a almost full power deity that is capable of, of just about anything, but they never push that too far to where it feels like the AI is too omnipresent or too all powerful. Or, or too like into the realm of just straight science fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Like it feels like just a couple like layers rem- or, uh, ahead of us or yeah. steps ahead. It, it, it is the show Miss Davis. Yes. Uh, yes. in, in not any way that like it's they're overlapping or stealing from each other, but just, no, but it's, it's, the it's same just kind in of... the it's in our collective yeah. conscious right now, and we're yeah. pulling from it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to see that you know back in the eighties and nineties, Terminator was the version of AI gone evil. Right. This is now it's... Uh, because of of how AI is developing. This is this is a you know fairly believable. Obviously, you know it's it's Hollywood. And it's it's a popcorn movie, but at the same yeah. time, it it doesn't defy disbelief to the point that it it breaks itself or it shudders under the uh, the weight of of what it's trying to to keep together. Right, because it mainly like largely in it, it's just this idea that's out there rather yeah. like and there's moments of like they try to visualize it in this hollywood way but only in like there it's on a screen it's yeah. it's never taking the form of like you know it's sending out it's like um it's like uh matrix style robots yeah. to like interfere yeah. or anything i don't know side note i did keep thinking of demon seed which we talked <laughs> about last week uh i kept thinking of demon seed because that's yeah. that's the same way they visualize demon seed it's just this this kind of uh you know abstract uh, yeah. sort of circular shape on a screen mm-hmm. And I was I was glad they stuck to that. I was yeah. Um, I mean, I it's was, how yes. yeah. And, and it's, I, it's how I I like the idea of this AI in this weird place where it still needs humans right to do things for it. It can't kill Ethan Hunt right. It has to have somebody do it. Yeah. Um, and I I just I thought that was a really well handled and interesting concept for sure. And I love the predictive abilities. I don't think the predictive abilities ever felt too far or no, supernatural. No. They they just felt creepy enough to really work, especially in like in the like him choosing who he's going to try to save yep. moments where yep. like 
they've narrowed the the AI has narrowed it down to one person's going to die, but it, it the it's not able to predict it any farther than that. Yeah. And or it's choosing to set up a scenario where he does have to choose. It's right. it's allowing that to be the end game for sure uh, you know and it's and that's never entirely clear right i was really glad that we didn't get scenes of somebody sitting there talking to this thing yeah finding out its motivations and finding out it's uh, well that's like know. i love that little kind of a snapshot into the um hit the oh his his nemesis foe the yeah. guy yeah. him in that little chamber thing on the train where you yeah. kind of it's kind of hinting that that's where he communes with this thing yep. um as he travels that was a really interesting yeah. and almost larger sci-fi idea yeah. but also still you know sticking to yeah. what they've set up well and it's just something you have to piece together and i think it leaves them a lot of room to do some other things in the second one yeah in the part two uh, where in the part two, in part two, uh, where they could kind of just push that a little further and play with that a little more. And I'm, you know, I'm down for it. I, if you haven't figured out already, I mean, I had a blast with this thing. It was fun. It, it was splody and all the right bits. It was funny. It was uh, thought provoking. It, well it was thought provoking. Yeah. It had great characters. The characters. And, and that was another thing comparing to Indiana Jones. They both have a lot of characters. This one manages and juggles its characters way better. For Oh, 100%. But it also is setting up a scenario where, okay, let's say you hadn't watched the sixth movie. It doesn't care. And it really doesn't matter. You just recognize these people have a pre-existing relationship. If you remember stuff from the last movie about the White Widow or, or things like that, it enhances the scene, but you're not required to have that knowledge. Indiana Jones, ironically... Even though it's introducing this new goddaughter character, mm -hmm. it felt like I had to know things that I had forgotten. Yeah. Even though I knew it was an original character and I hadn't forgotten anything because this is the first possible time I'm seeing this character. Well, yeah. And with her, they would introduce like uh, character traits and elements of her personality and like who she was. And then the next scene, they would like kind of bogart that yeah, and like yeah. like you're trying to like oh wait she's not this she yeah. is this person and like in a i feel like in better writing that could be interesting and well done as like she's a mystery or like she's eluding um who she th you think she is you are or you think she is well and this has the same tug of war yeah. between uh tom cruise and hallie atwell for sure but it works and it makes right. sense they're strangers and so it, it makes sense that she's not trusting him. It makes yeah. sense that he's trying to be a good dude, but at the same time, like, he's got a job to do. And everything sort of tracks with yep. all of that. And it makes it, – it builds her character every time she slips away. It's like, my goodness, how much of a trust issue does this woman have that even when this guy has now saved her life three times, she's still leaving him handcuffed to a car and taken off. But it makes sense. It's not – well, it's not frustrating other than you're frustrated like he is that she just won't stay put and let him help her. But you can also understand from her point because yep. of the stakes that are like she's encountering yeah. that like she was used to being like this pickpocket that yeah. is very like 
in her role. It's low stakes. She's nope. she's very good at that. And, and even then, you you do the thing and you disappear. You disappear. You run. This is a thing that you have to encounter like yeah. face on, and there's real life or deaths like yeah. consequences. Yeah. And you can understand from her point of view that like I don't want to be a part of this. This is yeah. bigger than what I am like uh, capable of or um, think I'm capable yeah. of. Um, uh, one of my one of my favorite beats because I thought the train at the end that was alluded to in in the trailers was just going to be very generic and I'm not going to spoil the beats but it is so much more fun what they do with all the things that they set up in the trailer that your trailer brain tells you okay now I'm going to see him do this and I'm going to see this big mm-hmm. stunt do this nope they they use it for surprise and for laughs and it it I think played a lot better that way. I think it's one of the best action sequences yeah. I've seen in yeah. very long, if not in a very long time. And like yeah. so surprising. And they would like really play with where how Ethan Hunt is like um, reacting to it and what his role in the situation is and how I, I this was something that used to frustrate, like frustrate me sometimes with um the Mission Impossible movies when they would do like the plan isn't working. And that was just me. Like, but like as time has gone on, I love seeing how they get out of those binds. Yeah. Uh, and um, this one plays with that so well in like just how people are trying to counteract something that they weren't expecting. Um, that stuff was really fun. Um, and also this movie, like when it, chooses to have an emotional punch as far as characters like you they can go real like from being very fun yeah. and um enjoyable characters and but to like you f- are realizing you really feel for them yeah. and you are uh worried for them and you want somebody to su- like survive the, a situation yeah. And they did a really good job. Like, like you were saying, you don't have to have seen the other ones necessarily. Yeah. But I think like they did a really, they do a really good job of since there have been um, what since three like the main crew of this film. Yeah, I think uh, Rebecca, Rebecca Ferguson's the latest to it, and she came in in five. Yeah, and like, but like Simon um, Pegg and Ben Rames yeah. are from three, like film three. Like they've been along for this entire ride. So like when you are like experienced in their characters in the film like you have history with them and you can believe like when he's talking about like keeping his friends alive or is or they're like we're all like family it, it like it actually feels believable like other than like you know a um fast and the furious movie yeah. where they're so forcing that idea into it this feels like characters who have like gone through a lot together i actually really genuinely cared about their bonds and their yeah. losses and their risks. And it felt the the personal stakes really came through on that. Mm-hmm. And you get the sense that they've done smaller missions together, you know, here and there. For These sure. are just the big ones. And yeah. so it really has this family dynamic that, uh, you know, makes Fast and Furious almost feel like a parody of, of, of what's sure. trying to happen here, where it's like, no, these are... These are people who really care about each other and really are willing to die for each other mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know, put up and shut up. And, and it just, I don't know, I, I really care about these characters. Yeah. Um, even, I... even Ethan Hunt, who is, you know, borderline kind of Captain America with his, his kind of uh, G.I. Joe patriotism, or not patriotism, but 
he's he's just he's a boy scout he's like a, a tried and true boy scout but but it never feels it, like it's for the sake of like patriotism right. or america it feels like he knows the the stakes of yep. like ordinary people that yep. his role like what he plays in that in yeah. that situation yeah. like where he gets himself in these situations yeah. and his missions that it's it's because he, I mean, like that's the whole thing. He's always going rogue against yeah. his upper commanders because he knows the true stakes of what's at, at hand. And this one, they really do a really good job of just having him pause for a moment and register on his face. And they have in other ones too, but this one I was yeah. really taking note of where he's like, you want me to do what? And he's <laughs> sitting there staring at what he has to do. And you can see fear. You can see for sure this is not going to work. And then you see his brow kind of furrow, and that's where he decides, I'll make it work, mm -hmm. or I'll be dead. And then off he goes. But it's just that that two or three seconds of doubt, fear, uh, trying to put a plan together, that's really important to this series. It actually creates more suspense and more trajectory uh, towards what's about to happen, and it, it makes it feel way less superhuman and way more risky. Which is really interesting because I had watched an interview with Harrison Ford talking about what makes him such an enjoyable character to walk in mm -hmm. and watch in Indiana Jones. And he was talking about how he, like the same thing, he's yeah. not a hero. He has um, worries going into a situation and fear. And you can, he'll, he always would play a beat before that uh, as like a normal person person would where he's not quite sure how to go into that situation or yeah. showing fear. And I feel like that's something that was kind of forgotten in the latest. Yeah. Like, like I think in Crystal Skull too, you yeah. really see it in the three movies. I mean, he outright yeah. says, I'm making this up as I go along. Right. Uh, that's, that's a whole part of yeah. his character. And that's the thing about like, I think why this Mission Impossible and like, and the others have been so consistent. Yeah. Those like, real world thing like like reactions and paying attention to physics and um showing fear and all that stuff have never been forgotten and like they've always like played it as grounded as possible with also having the fun of a blockbuster yeah. Yeah. so uh clearly what we're saying is <laughs> Skip Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, even if you Unless might you're have. Unless you uh, See, now I'm scared to watch it again. But Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning was a blast. Honestly, I can't wait for the next one. It was scheduled to come out in June of next year. So it was only a year wait. But now with the actor strike and different things like that, uh, that's been paused. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if it yeah. still comes out in June. Honestly, I would much rather have a delay of however many months than to have any thing in this this universe rushed to yeah. screen because it's just the effects in this thing are so staggering yeah. it's it's rare uh that that i was watching this thing where my eye caught something that was just a little off or and i really had to look for it but even then it's because my mind knows i'm looking at something where okay i know they're doing something practical and mm -hmm. there's some cg and like where's the cg and where's the practical uh, you know even then it was fun but it was just it was so near flawless. As much as like, I mean, Tom Cruise is a like uh, pays attention to that level yeah. of detail and like wanting to perform as much in po uh, in camera as possible and stuff. Like, I 
feel like he probably wouldn't allow that yeah. to happen for especially are they saying this is the last one the next one or this, no okay no correct. actually the opposite they're saying he's saying he wants to keep going i think what the last interview i saw was he was alluding to the fact that after dead reckoning part two he's not going to be the front and center oh okay like main action character gotcha. i think he wants to move i think that's been his plan all along is to move into kind of the jim phelps hmm. like the gray-haired oh okay. i'm running the agents which actually could be really interesting yeah um and so but i and i feel like they've done such a good job up to this point of you know intermingling these other characters yeah. that can pull that off like pull yeah. off his uh, his level of commitment to you know stunts and yeah. like filling that role that he would play so yeah. i don't i think that would really yeah. and i cool. i could see them you know just as the series goes along continuing to retire or you know kill off different characters one at a time while introducing main characters one at a time Right. Um, like they've been doing. Mm -hmm. I, I think they have a really good pacing where it, it doesn't make you feel like, oh, well, who's dying this movie and who's new this movie? And you really don't know. And maybe everybody makes it out of it. Maybe yeah. they don't. Um, I um, After seeing it, I was like so stoked. I'm, I'm going back through. I started at three yeah. going and I got Jenny hooked on them. So yeah. they're, 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 they're genuinely really, good. They are. Like even like yeah. I remember not enjoying three that much when it came out. And I don't know what my problem was back. Like it's still real. It's really good. Two is two is the the shakiest and the most out of character. One is still really good. Yeah, it doesn't quite feel like the same series as three onward. Um, but it's it's still it has those elements. It just it's much more of a De Palma film, I think, than a franchise. I was actually entry. I should have meant uh, four, three. I still like it, it's kind of just dated in its way it was filmed just like mm. you know early 2000s but it was still really good mm -hmm. and but four i think what was that that's the brad, ghost protocol brad bird yeah was it? that's the one with jeremy renner yeah and, i that uh, was the one when it came out i there was elements i didn't like and this time i was like what did i have a problem like it was still it's still i remember really being frustrated that everything wasn't working and i felt like they were trying to be funny yeah and the comedy was bothering me but anytime I've gone back and watched it now, it's it's a blast. Yeah, I think that might have been it. But this time, that stuff didn't bother me at all, yeah. especially, I yeah. guess, maybe because this newest one kind of played with similar ideas of things yeah. not working. And I actually get a, more of a kick out of them, yeah. like, problem solving now. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Indiana Jones, uh, probably skip it. Uh, wait for it on Paramount Plus. Check it out. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, I, I didn't no. mean to Just ruin it for make you. sure to write in. You, you can weigh in and tell me how dumb I am and uh, and how amazing Clint is. No. And, you know, uh, we'll just, we'll see where that goes. But Mission Impossible, honestly, check it out. Go to the theater to see this thing. Yeah. It is definitely a theater movie. Uh, and it's it's going to be around for a bit. So uh, go and enjoy it on the big screen. I In seeing that, I realized how great the sound is in our theater yeah, there. It really is. It is like, it's we probably have the, the best sound I've heard. We have Dolby Atmos in that that particular yeah, yeah. Uh, theater too or whatever it is. And it's really, when when a mix is, is yeah. built for it, it's really convincing. You could tell um, this was. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, you know, next time we will probably be chatting all kinds of Barbie and Oppenheimer. Um, we try to go see a 70 millimeter of that. I'm really hoping to. Yeah. It'd be a blast. Rachel even wants to go see that. Awesome. So, 
uh, we'll see what we can put together. So uh, this has been episode 87 of Cinebabble. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, drop us a review and, uh, you know, just say hi. Yeah. Drop us some feedback. There's other feedback I didn't get to. I think we'll have a mailbag next episode because I'm starting to pile up on stuff that uh, we should probably get to. I, I love that idea. All right. Sounds good. I'll talk to you later, Clint. See you, Ken. See you.